Hi everyone, it's David Wheeler at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to the Wickham Wanderers Show. Very warm welcome to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show. Weather's changed, hasn't it? <laughs> Extra warm welcome. Uh, it's dropped a few degrees. If you're listening to this sort of abroad, maybe, or in the future. It was a bit chillier this week. Uh, lots to bring you this week, as we'll hear from Phil in a few moments' time with our pre-match briefing. Looking ahead to the visit of Stevenage, having had a home game on a Saturday for a while. Uh, looking forward to uh, getting down to Adams Park and experiencing not just the game, but also Foundation Day as well. It's been dedicated to the Wickham Wanderers Foundation. Uh, coincidentally, also this week, been a week of uh, EFL action. So we'll catch up with Mark Gateskill, who's the Chief Executive of the Wickham Wanderers Foundation, and find out a bit more about what they've been doing this week and uh, look ahead to what you can expect on Saturday. We'll hear from Phil in a few moments' time. I might have said that already. Uh, also, this hour, we'll catch up with former Wickham Wanderers striker Kim Casey as we continue to celebrate 30 years of the club being in the Football League. Really great to uh, share his memories in the build-up to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association's annual dinner, which uh, Kim's not going to, unfortunately, uh, this year. <laughs> but really nice to hear from him And uh, we spoke to him, you might remember, uh, in a previous series, season of the show as well. So really nice to get his thoughts and memories of 30 years in the Football League, especially during his two seasons there, one of which was the year that the club did the double. Very, very exciting. Lots to bring you as well, including the remainder of the show, including Wickham Wanderers women goalkeeper Emily Strange, who, of course, made her first-team debut uh, only 16 last season hasn't had as much quite game time this season but uh, filled in for uh, Chelsea who's a uh, new signing this summer uh, on Sunday uh, due to injury and still to come this hour as well we'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield who spoke to us at the uh, media session at the club's training ground yesterday uh, of course looking ahead to uh, that visit of Stevenage on Saturday and reflecting on uh, some of the other fantastic work the club has done in the community including you might have seen online as well that video uh, which uh, Phil did with Chairman Rob Kuig and uh, Joe Jacobson reflecting on uh, their thoughts, especially Joe's as well, on uh, the how the Middle East is affecting him and also using his platform as a player to uh, really heighten that as well. Uh, so lots more uh, to come in the next hour as well on this week's edition of the Wickham Wonder Show. But we kick off, uh, as always, at this time with uh, a chat with Phil. And as we mentioned, uh, quite a while since there's been a game at Adams Park on a Saturday. Uh, six weeks, Colin, exactly. Uh, 30th of September against Carlisle was the last Saturday home game at 3pm. And it seems like an incredible long time ago, not least because the weather has turned. And uh, I remember it being quite a nice day back uh, when we took Carlisle and Adams Park. But yeah. Uh, looking forward to be back on a Saturday. Obviously, there have been home games on a Tuesday, but you've certainly covered some miles as well in the in the intervening period. Indeed, yes. There's been some long trips, uh, not least the, the trip in the FA Cup as a as a bonus trip, shall we say. Although, obviously, uh, we're always going to be in the first round, but uh, you don't know where you're going to be. Could it be at home? Could it be away? It turned out it was away. It turned out it was a really long long journey, but well worth it in the end. But, yeah, we've covered some miles, but, you know, we do that across the football season. So, not to be unexpected, but, yeah, it's nice to be at home on a Saturday. And home tie in the first round, in the second round as well, which is what, what fans will be very pleased with. Yes, Morocombe. How exciting. Um, we, th- we thought we'd maybe get away with playing them this season, but no, the FA Cup has thrown it up. <laughs> and it'll be great to see our old friend Derek Adams uh, and Jewel uh, and, and <laughs> with the shrimps. And uh, looking forward to that one immensely, especially as it's at home. Although, uh, if any of the boys listening to this, uh, just make sure you win. Uh, no one wants a replay on a Tuesday night in Morecambe. <laughs> And for people that perhaps heard or perhaps would have missed uh, Ringing the Blues on Tuesday, uh, great that you had uh, Luke Leahy with you as well, and, and he's been, been nominated for uh, a bit of a prestigious award as well, again, showcasing how well he's done. 
Yeah, he was a bit like Britain's Got Talent, wasn't it? Having Luke in the studio, we all, we all know what he could do on the pitch, and uh, EFL have have highlighted that with their nomination for League One Player of the Month. Um, but also, it was great to hear him do his impressions of the squad. Um, you know, it's like having Roy Bremner with us. It was fantastic. Uh, Max Striet, Kenning Vane, Dale Taylor. You know, you name it, he can do it. <laughs> just shouting, you know, keeper or four. It's, it's just it's so simple, isn't it? But it, it's so effective. <laughs> You know, the best things in life are pretty simple, Colin. That's what I've been told anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So the visit of Stevenage, it doesn't seem too long ago since, since we last faced them. Yes, in the uh, EFL or trophy, or to give it its new name, the Bristol Street Motors Trophy, uh, Snappy. Yeah, they, uh, they'll obviously be out for revenge because uh, Wimbledon won on Tuesday night in their, in their group game, which means that, uh, that Stevenage can't get out of the group. So they've been essentially knocked out of the... Uh, Bristol Street Motors Trophy at the first hurdle. Um, so, yeah, they'll be looking to avenge that. And, and they've had a really good start in the league. Sixth uh, as, as they go into this one. Uh, riding that wave of momentum from being promoted from League Two last season. And you have to admire the job that Steve Evans has done there. He's been brilliant. And um, this is going to be a tough game. And we mentioned that uh, Ludley here accompanied you on Tuesday. Uh, someone else who's accompanying you on a number of occasions with the, the commentary uh, will be coming up against again on Saturday, of course, in Nick Freeman. Yes, yeah, Nick, um, you know, he kind of had that awful injury at Wickham Wanderers for a long period of time and uh, he utilised that, that spare time really well by, by joining us on the commentary and we, we had a really good run of games together, which was, which was great. And, you know, I've said before, he, he's kind of almost revolutionised that sort of COCOM's role for players who, are, who aren't in the team for whatever reason. Um, it used to be having to really persuade people to do it and after Nick did it and, you know, he became a real hit with the fans, it's become... Uh, a lot more acceptable for players to do it. And um, we've enjoyed uh, having some really good players with us this season as well. And it's bittersweet, of course, it is because it means that if, you know, Jack Grimmer, Joe Jacobson, Sam Vokes, Jason McCarthy or Gareth McClure, whoever, if they're up there with me, it means for some reason they're not on the pitch, be that suspension or injury. But, you know, it's the next best thing uh, for them. Uh, the players have all said that, you know, being uh, injured or not being able to take part in a game um, and having to watch it is, is really difficult. Um, so the commentary gives them a bit of an outlet. And, and you know, it's, dare I say, for some of them, it could be something they might be wanting to do later in life and where better to learn than uh, on the Bill Turnbull Gantry uh, on Wanderers TV and Wickham Sound. And also, of course, a very nice way to, to avoid perhaps doing things like moving house or, you know, have, having <laughs> or, or just the option to, to have extra snacks that perhaps they wouldn't have uh, normally. Exactly that, you know, and you know the snacks is a, is a serious point. You have to go all the way upstairs, so let's um, not worry too much about the uh, calorie intake because you, you do have to get up those stairs up and down a few times on a, on a match day. Um, but yeah, you know, we've had, um, you know, Jack's been on quite a few times this season as he's been fighting his way back from his long term injury, and we've we've enjoyed quite a, a lot of laughs with Jack, uh, especially when his family joined in and, and tweet into the show, which is always a always a benefit. Um, but you know, Jack will be with us on Saturday and. And I uh, hope he, he takes us the right way. I very much hope it's the last time we see him up there this season. He's very close to return. He's, he's earmarking um, a return back, I think, after the international window, which means that he's, he's broken the news to me that this will probably be our last game together. Um, so, and I really hope it is because obviously Jack on the pitch is a, is a big plus for the club. No, absolutely. And it's really nice to have the, the sort of player's eye view as well, because you get to, to learn so much about you know, what it's like either in the dressing room or on the pitch and, and things that the manager tells them as well with approaches to games. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not an easy job, commentary, as, uh, as easy as we make it sound, uh, or difficult, depending on your viewpoint. It's a difficult gig and you know, the co-commentator has to provide the colour almost. They call them the colour analysts in America. And, you know, there's there's only so much information you can impart. The, the dressing room is sacrosanct. You don't want to get too much 
information but equally you want to get enough so you, you feel that the audience is learning something and picking up stuff and and to be honest you know the, the former players and are really good at telling us why something has happened on the pitch you know we all watch the same game we all see it very differently we all have different opinions but to be able to hear from a player on their opinion on why something has happened I think is invaluable because you know yes I played football but no, but nowhere near a level where Wickermondra is playing at so to get a, a professional uh, to actually tell us in their opinion why something has happened I think is fantastic. And I think it's something really nice this weekend, isn't there, is about resuming the league campaign after the, the brief break for, for the Cup. And we'll hear from the manager a bit later on in the show. But, but how do you feel sort of things are going at this stage of the season as well? Yeah, I think the Cup um, win was, was vital for, for many reasons. Um, a, the, the prize money is great. The kudos of being in the FA Cup and being in the second round, you know, Charlton Athletic, Derby County, etc. Uh, it's not, not for everybody getting through that first round against lower league opposition. Uh, they've got tricky um, uh, fixtures now in replays and adding to it. So I think to get a win after we'd had a run of difficult games in the league in terms of the teams that we were playing, um, and, and got three points and perhaps deserved more, but it was what it was after that little run of game. So I think getting a win on the board, I think, was really important for momentum in all competitions. Um, I think it was really important that we didn't concede a late goal because Bradford City, when they halved the deficit, really threw everything at Wickham Wanderers and, and we had conceded a couple of late goals in that run. Um, so I think to come through that unscathed, I think, was a big psychological advantage. Um, and hopefully we can take that that benefit into the league campaign now because I think we are uh, we're overdoing the league, uh, winning the league. And I think the performances have, have perhaps deserved more points. But uh, now's the time to put that right on a Saturday in front of our own fans at Adams Park. There should be a really interesting period coming up, shouldn't it? Because you, you mentioned Jack coming back. It's not supposed to rhyme. Uh, but other other players as well, hopefully, you know, returning soon from injury. Yeah, I'm going to try if I can rhyme any others. But, uh, <laughs> Joe Jacobson is uh, is on for a return soon, hopefully, um, which will be big, big, big news. Um, Chris Farino's um, there or thereabouts. Um, and, you know, we've got... Not much rhyme for Farino, does it? Yeah, no. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, all systems go for Farino. <laughs> Not quite yet uh, for that. Uh, but we have to wait a bit longer, perhaps. But, you know, these, these players are working incredibly hard in the gym. You know, Kay Vincent Young, He's, uh, he's on his way back as well um, and, you know, all making progress. And, you know, the work that those boys do in the gym, you know, it's exhausting to see. You know, we have to walk through the gym several times during a day when we're up there um, filming, etc. And, you know, it's exhausting just watching them doing what they do when they're injured. You know, the work they put in, uh, the tweaks they make to their sort of their diet and everything else. And, and, and everything, literally everything in their life is geared towards uh, returning as quickly as possible and, and, and also maintaining that fitness afterwards. You know, there's no point in rushing back and then not being ready and, and doing something more serious. So, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. And bittersweet, I guess, for, for fans and, and players alike, I guess, with the international break coming up. But, you know, really good news that, you know, the club has so many international call-ups. <laughs> Yes, yeah, and you know, and it's worth pointing out as well. It's it takes two to tango in this scenario. It's not just Wickham Wanderers calling these games off. Um, you know, other teams also have international players, and they're entitled to call them off as well if they get enough. And and that, that's certainly been the case uh, early on in this season, and I believe so again with the Wigan game. Um, so you know, it's it's not just a Wickham Wanderers decision. And I really understand the fans' frustration. I really, really do. And I think perhaps the EFL need to look at this uh, moving forwards because. Um, as football evolves and, and more internationals are, are dotted down the leagues, um, these these postponements are going to be more and more frequent. And 
looking at the last international break, there were just four League One games. Uh, and um, you know, there possibly is an argument for a restructuring of the season, perhaps, um, and and making sure that international breaks like the Championship and, and Premier League are sort of factored in from the very, very start. So, you know, when fans are forking out for a season ticket or making long-term plans or travel commitments, etc., they can do so in confidence that, that the game should be taking place. I think something else that the fans have really liked uh, this week was the the video again that we'll, we'll get the manager's thoughts on a bit later on as well. But uh, that the chairman and the captain did about you know the, the issue in the Middle East and and also uh, Killian's uh, actions as well. Yeah, you know it's um, it's not not an easy interview to do, um, and um, credit to Joe uh, and to Rob um, for wanting to to stick their head above the parapet on this one because um, I think um, there's a lot of lot of people having their say on this. Um, uh, in the world on social media, um, it's the news cycle is incredibly exhausting. Um, um, but I think um, Joe felt he really, really wanted to speak out and use his platform, which I think he did admirably. And I thought what he said was excellent. Um, same for Rob. Um, and and again, you know, the backing of of Joe, of Killian, uh, and of all the players. Um, and you know, and this is the big point here: is this is this is across all beliefs, all all religions, etc. Um, and Wickham Wanderers is, is a great example of of what a unified uh, dressing room um, from all backgrounds, all beliefs, all different bringing uh, areas of being brought up, etc. Uh, if you can really unify those players, they can really go on and achieve something. Um, and I've always said, and I think football should make more of it, and we mentioned this in the interview, football needs to fly this flag high because it, I think the dressing rooms of not just Wickham Wanderers, I think Wickham is a great example of it, but you know they're great microcosms of society, of people, getting over their differences, celebrating each other's differences, uh, learning from each other, having empathy, taking discussions, taking it to the next level. But the main thing is they pull together as a team and they go on to achieve great things together. I think as a society, I think we should all look at that and think how can we impact that on our own lives? And, you know, it's a divisive world out there. It's very easy to kind of get get hoodwinked and, and read whatever you want online. But, you know, Understanding and empathising the other side is probably the first point of any any argument or any discussion or any you know thing that's going on, and I think football and Wickham Wanderers have done that superbly. No, absolutely, uh, definitely agree. And uh, something the club does really well also is its, it's role in the community. And Saturday uh, dedicated to the Foundation Day, and also we've had the EFL's Week of Action, and you've seen close up uh, how how important what the club does in the community is. Yeah, you know, we've we learned through the pandemic just how important football clubs are to their community. Uh, in our instance, how important Wickham Wanderers is uh, to, to South Bucks and dare I say all of Bucks. Um, so, yeah, I think the foundation do fantastic work, um, not just in football, um, you know, but they use the club and the brand of the club to reach uh, far and wide. Um, they push Wickham Wanderers into new areas as well which I think is really vital too. Um, and yeah, it's great that we get to celebrate them this, for this week, this EFL week of action. But I think it's worth pointing out that, you know, they're, they're in action 52 weeks of the year and this work is going on all the time. Um, but it's great that we can highlight what's going on and hopefully sort of flag people to their existence and what they do. And, and if people need to take part in what's going on or if they want to help or whatever, then, then that's even better. So yeah, it'd be really, really good to kind of give them a nod on Saturday and and see what's going on. You know, they've, they've put some videos out this week highlighting their work as we did last year as well. And again, credit to the players for their involvement in that. Oh, a real pleasure to have you on the show. As always, thank you so much for your time. Colin, always a pleasure. Great chatting to Phil, as always. Uh, listen to Ring in the Blues on a Tuesday or on a podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Wanderers TV.
that sort of thing. Uh, you'll get the idea. Um, and uh, listen to Phil's commentary if you're not going to the game on Saturday from Adams Park against Stevenage on Wanderers TV or, of course, on Wickham Sound on 106.6 FM. It all kicks off from three, build up from midday in the car park uh, with Rob and the team as well. As mentioned, it's been an EFL week of action this week. The Wickham Wanderers Foundation, a brilliant opportunity for them to really uh, highlight the work that they do. You might recall uh, 12 months ago uh, we were in the car park of uh, the Millbrook School and uh, Sam Vokes on a skateboard. Uh, Mark Mark Gateskill was there uh, that evening. Uh, He's the Chief Executive of Wickham Wanderers Foundation and uh, he can tell us a bit more. Where's that that year gone? Sam Vokes on a skateboard and and Gareth Ainsworth in the bodger suit, two two absolute highlights. So yeah, so week of action. As we were were chatting before we we started talking here, every week's a week of action for us, but it's it's a campaign from the EFL where all professional clubs within the EFL and their CCOs, so that's club uh, community organisations, really have to shout even louder for the week about the great work that they're doing in their local communities. And there's an increased number of sort of player visits to our programmes and projects and player engagement. So this week we've got a number of players out at a number of different projects that we have sort of engaging with, with the groups that we work with as well as our, our, our kind of brand new expanded media and comms team who are out capturing footage for what we're doing. So we're, we're producing some great content and, and actually really fortunately, to be honest, aligns with, with Foundation Day at the end of the week on, on Saturday against Stevenage, which at the point of the club coming to us with this idea of doing Foundation Day, which was, which was really well received and, and is a great opportunity for us, we didn't know when week of action this season was going to be. So for it to fall on the week where we have Foundation Day is great. So we've got all sorts of things happening on, on Saturday at the game in terms of our participants coming along. We've got Guards of Honour. We're doing a halftime parade. We've got T-shirts that will be uh, worn by the first team players and then signed by them. And then they'll be available on an auction, which people can get involved with, which is raising funds for the foundation. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an even busier week than normal. I know from speaking to you in the past, it's almost not actually possible to, to cover everything that the foundation does in, in, in just one chat even, but this is a great opportunity, exactly. isn't it, to really highlight what the foundation is and is about. Yeah, look, exactly that. And, and, and you can't forget that you know the players also are still training and do still have fixtures themselves on Saturday. So as much as we'd love to have the first team squad all out with us at all of our different positions, you know, we ran over, I think it's over 24 different projects. Um, and like I said, that you know, training does still have to come first. So we're selective with with the the player appearances that we that we put in for for this week, and trying to showcase some of the things that maybe don't get as often or exposed or or are harder to kind of get get footage and, and show our our, um, our sort of community what what we're out and about and what we're doing. So um, this week we've had Sam Vokes, who's who's one of our newly appointed foundation ambassadors out at one of our schools. We've got Joe Lowe and Taylor Clark coming along to our Girls Development Academy tonight. And then Jason McCarthy is going to prison on Friday, which is um which is interesting. Uh he'll he'll still he'll he'll be coming out afterwards. I hope don't, don't don't worry about that. So we run a project called the Twinning Project and that's in Aylesby Prison, delivering a, a level one coaching course to a selected group of um, participants in there to try to, to upskill and help their within a year of um, their inside a year of release and and obviously having gone through sort of uh, lower level crimes in their backgrounds trying to help them reintegrate and, and upskill ready to come back into society and, and and offer and offer something so Jason's kindly coming along to to visit that provision on on Friday which is a program I've been to visit 
it's a really great project, really well received. The uh, the candidates love it. The, the 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 members of my team who deliver it love delivering that project. So it's nice to be able to take a player in there to to see uh, not an unusual project, but one that again that's maybe not so readily accessible. And it must mean so much to both you as the foundation and anyone participating in these groups, and probably the players themselves as well, to have first team players involved and really supporting these events. Yeah, look, football is such an engagement tool, such a vehicle to to generate interest and pull people into the programmes and projects we do, but it's just one vehicle. So we do so many different things that that aren't football, but obviously the power of of the badge, power of the players, it sort of adds a a sort of va-va-voom to to the programme that we're delivering. So having their presence and their engagement, like I say, we've just appointed a group of foundation ambassadors and and lots of the players put their hands up to do that. We had to sort of refine it down to, to a group of eight, uh, which is, is, is a large number. So they're increasing their involvement with what we do. And um, week of action is a nice week to kick, kick that off. And it really feels there are so, some of the initiatives feel really simple, like there's the wellbeing walk on the right. I saw one of the videos that you mentioned as well, but, but that's such an effective way to, to help in the community. Yeah, look, look the, the three departments we have are really varied so you know sports participation lots of delivery of, of lots of sports opportunities for particularly for young people education and employability work work in schools they like i said that's a, that's where the prison project sits so you're going from schools to to prisons to to, to well-being walks etc then you've got health and health and inclusion again work with a real wide range of participants in lots of different settings so we couldn't possibly get it all covered during week of action but the club uh, have been really kind to offer us that foundation day where we really we, we will be exposing everything so that day is is very focused on raising awareness amongst the fan base around all of the different programs and projects we we deliver giving the participants from those projects an opportunity to be celebrated and and applauded as well you know so there'll be a number of different participants walking around the pitch at half time and to thank also kind of our dedicated team of staff who go above and beyond and work really really hard to deliver these programs because there's there's lots of work that goes on outside of just the delivery you know sort of measuring impact and putting in you know proposals and and, and reports around the impact and, and putting in for, for, for funding you know securing funding for these these programs isn't easy it takes a lot of work so it's a nice opportunity to thank our, our team of staff and then our our trustees who 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 govern the charity and 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 have to meet quite regularly and our, our volunteers they give up their time so it's nice to have um everyone all in one place and 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 it be the theme of the match on saturday and really nice as well because you know there'll be a crowd of a few thousand there who you know might think they'll know someone who can benefit from from the programs that you run yeah, look, the like I said, the the key focus for the day is that that awareness raising, and and actually, if there's one fan that comes on Saturday that didn't really know about the foundation and is in need of some help or some support, they'll be shown ways where they can get in touch with us and and, and get involved. So it's a great opportunity to just spread that awareness and potentially help more people. So where can we find out more about what the foundation is all about? Yeah, so follow the foundation on our on our social media platform. So that's at WWFCFDN. And our website is wickandwanderersfoundation.co.uk. Well, I hope it's a really successful remainder of the, the weekend of action and also all the best for the, the day on Saturday as well. Thanks a lot, Colin.
Always a pleasure. Look out for more from Mark and his team at Adams Park on Saturday. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. You're listening to part two of what we call the Wickham Wanderer Show. We call it part two because sure we can understand um, still to come uh, on the remainder of the programme we'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield we'll catch up with Emily Strange uh, one of Wickham Wanderers women's goalkeepers as well but first uh, thanks to the Wickham Wanderers ex-players association who have their annual dinner later this month the 24th of Friday to be precise uh, get your tickets uh, from the uh, Facebook page perhaps or website or other places uh, also not only are we commemorating the uh, coming together of uh, many a player from uh, different eras but uh, as the uh, season progresses, we're marking 30 years of the club being in the Football League. Uh, someone who spent two years uh, at the club was uh, a fantastic striker by the name of Kim Casey. You may well have seen him in action as well. And uh, brilliant to catch up with him, uh, despite it being uh, 30 years ago uh, since uh, he uh, was part of that double winning side. Only a short while ago uh, this year, I also went to a Leamington FC one, which was celebrating 40 years. So I don't feel so bad on this one. Because <laughs> that makes you feel younger, perhaps. Because I know, obviously, when you when you came to Wickham, it was a bit sort of later in your career. So, so perhaps that makes it feel a little fresher, if that's the right word. It does. It certainly does. Yeah. It must be so nice for you, and you know, all those players that you played with as well, just to be able to reflect on on how special that time was. Well, I only had two years at Wickham, uh, and it was a fabulous time. A real family club that embraced me as an individual and a player, the fan. Uh, were terrific. The club and the officials were in the first class. And two years that I really, really enjoyed. Yes, I had a, a dislocated shoulder against the Albion in, in the FA Cup. And yes, that took a, a sign off it for uh, you know, about eight weeks. But the two years were full of memories, full of great people, and a time that I'll never forget. So we've just had, obviously, the, the first round victory over Bradford and we've got Morecambe in the second round. Do things like that really kind of prick your memory, especially as there's great cup well, games that you were involved with? Absolutely, they do. You know, I fortunately, I've played for a fair few clubs uh, over my career. But, you know, there's only a couple that I really look for, uh, mainly, and that's uh, Rickham and Kidminster, where I had most of my success, really. But they were clubs that really, you know, embraced the players. And, and, and made you feel extremely welcome. I know last time we spoke to you as well, you, know, you were so grateful for the fan support and you told a great story about how a woman showed you a photograph you know, whilst you were injured and, and that just, mean, just shows what it means so much to people just to just kind of watch you play. Well, I can now realise how old he was because uh, Oliver was one then um, and, a, and a tiny puff uh, in my arm because he's 31 now. So we've got, fortunately, two grandchildren, uh, a granddaughter, Lydia. Uh, I'm totally biased, but absolutely gorgeous. And, and Ronnie, a possible footballer or rugby player, because he's absolutely massive. Uh, <laughs> and he's about 18 months old. So, yeah, a great memory, uh, special time. But that, as I said before, that, that lady or the woman didn't have to give that photograph to me, uh, but it was just endearing and uh, and really well received. See, perhaps when you put it like that, it does feel like quite a long time ago now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, my daughter's uh, 29 uh, and she's a tennis coach in, in Dubai. She's lived there for about five or six years now. Uh, I think she stayed over there just to avoid myself and the wife. But uh, she's loving her job 
Um, but it does it does seem a very long time ago. And I know you do a lot of work with youngsters as well, just kind of helping them with their sort of future choices as well. And that must be great as well for you to just to be able to kind of give back, if you like. Exactly, uh, Colin. Uh, yeah, I was mentioning to John Taylor that uh, I work at Solihull College, an academy centre which um, basically does do football. And I, I did Solihull Moors with them uh, for about two years, about three years ago. Happened to win the league a couple of times, so we were very lucky. But we worked hard at it. But during the day, uh, I do the um, employability skills. So in other words, helping students and putting things and getting to work and get apprenticeships. And and that's just from my from my business background, as well as my uh, growth mindset or attitude background from a sports point of view as well. So those are the skills that I'm trying to pass on to them. And fortunately, we've got a lot of good feedback. So I really enjoy the job. Although it's just part time, I really do enjoy it. It's great, isn't it, that you can pass on so many skills that you got from your even your football playing time, and you know even as a, a football coach as well, and into a more sort of academic and, and business world too. Yeah, I mean, communication, teamwork, collaboration, resilience—you you put all of that in a business that sent uh, a, a football team spent, uh, and it, you, you just pass it, pass it back on what you've learned, all the all the sayings that you've learned. I mean, one silly daft one, but it, it, it's true, is I learned at, at work about the word attitude uh, and so, or growth mindset, but attitude. So in the alphabet, if you've got the letter A equals one and you've got the letter E equals five, then what do the letters in the word attitude add up to? You've got 60 seconds to find out. And you do that in a classroom and then they, the answer is exactly 100. And if you relate that to business acumen or sport acumen, it makes sure you put 100% in. And some guy in America made a lot of money out of that. But, you know, from my point of view, all the little tips that you can pass to people uh, really, really help. I think it's the first chat I've ever had with a Wickham Wanderers ex-player, which has been quite educational as well. <laughs> it's not saying much for the quality of the intelligence in the dressing room you complimented me but I'll take the compliment thank you no I've, I've learned nothing from anyone else I've spoken to just, just this this chat <laughs> <laughs> but that's something which really stands out and I know as I say when we spoke to you before as well but just the kind of the, the character of the, of the teammates that you had at Wickham yeah I mean outstanding. I mean Heidi was one of my best pals you know he's an incredible uh, goalkeeper probably the best I've seen in my career and, that, and that's saying something, to be honest. But he was, he was an outstanding guy as well. Uh, just a super sensitive which attracted me straight away. But if, I mean, the, the only one time that I actually went out with the guy, because I probably haven't told you this, but my nickname was Pilot Light, because I never went out. <laughs> um, well, I was a family man, basically. But eventually they uh, got me to go out with them. And Heidi was my minder, if you like. So, because he's a big guy, <laughs> always choose the big guys to look after me on a night out. So, yeah, but I'm increased, and uh, you know the, the, the incredible squad of players that you had. I mean, I, I look back now, and, and having two wingers like Guppy and, and David Carroll, with, you know, together with Scotty up top, you couldn't fail the score really. Uh, their dribbling skills, his strength in the middle. Um, you know, my job was relatively easy, although Martin made it crystal clear to me 
what my role was in the thing. And you say that you're only there for two years, but it feels like you sort of crammed quite a lot in and, and, and obviously scored plenty of goals during that time as well. Yeah, I, I look back on my record at Wickham, I was quite disappointed really, 20 and 50. That was a little disappointing from from my own point of view, although I, I felt I contributed in, in a small part to, to to the double. But some of the memories with the boys, when you, when you go to the golf day and when you go to the dinner, put it all into perspective really. You know, some of the some of the memories that we've had in the dressing room, just when Martin walked in and his presence and you know, his ability to communicate so clearly with people. I mean, he made it easier this the first day I actually arrived at Wickham because, you know, instead of being certain things, he just walked straight out and onto the beach, stood on the halfway line and said, Look, Case, if we're kicking that way, turn around. I do not want you to be in my heart. And then he walked me straight to the edge of the box and he said, if they've got the ball with their players inside the box, he said, I don't want you to pressure. He said, so I'm shortening the pitch for you. He said, but in between those two lines, I want you to work the hardest of anybody. And and shortening the pitch for me, uh, because I'm not a long-distance runner, I'm a short you know, acceleration or uh, short distance runner, if you like. Uh, work smart, don't work hard. He's basically, I just have to, when we do have the ball, I have the energy in the box. And he made it crystal clear. And, and for me, that was quite easy. It must be great as well to be someone who's contributed because obviously as a striker, you know, people remember goals. I think, don't they? You know, I've, I was chatting to someone recently who said, oh, they're, they're a particular game and Kim Casey got the goal. And they remember being there and just close to you scoring, I think. And it must be nice to kind of play that part and, and that, be in people's memories like that. Yeah, I think, I think, well, there's a couple of things about strikers. One is they usually got the best striker, the best contract, other, other than the captain or the centre half. <laughs> so that was, that was fortunate. But being able to score, I mean, I, I would dislike now the VAR because you wouldn't know whether you could celebrate or not. In that day, uh, there was, obviously there wasn't, and uh, it was the best time in the world when the ball hit the back of the net. It's really nice, isn't it? And obviously that feeling, and that clearly sort of stays with you as well. It does, yeah. Well, look, I'm still playing on a Thursday night. Uh, I play eight the eight on an Astrid turf. Uh, yes, I'm a goal anchor. But there's no linesman on this pitch. Um, <laughs> we play socially. We have a drink afterwards. We've got a great group of lads. Unfortunately, most of the older people, like me now, uh, are retiring and injured or, or whatever. So we've got a lot of young lads, lads uh, and legs on the pitch, uh, which makes it really hard or really tough. But what they hate is me standing behind them. In other words, they just they don't want to see everything in front of them. But I'm not literally on the goal line. I do, I do work hard a little bit. So, um, but genuinely score uh, and, and still enjoy the same excitement as I did all the years ago. And I understand another area which you still excel in as well is, is golf. Uh, you have a bit of a record for the, uh, the golf trophy holding as well. Well, very coincidentally, uh, the first time I played, I played with uh, Chris and I played with Keith uh, Ryan, Rhino. And we had a great game, and I was so relaxed and just really enjoyed the humour and the jokes and the insults and, and, and all of the dressing room humour uh, that I actually played that well. It was untrue, and, and 
I don't normally play that well. Uh, admittedly, I'm not too, too uh, much of a regular golfer, so you know my handicap was quite higher. But I actually won the day, uh, which was outstanding for me and a great laugh. But then COVID hit, so <laughs> I think my name's on it either two or three years. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but it was just hilarious. To, and when I told my son, he said, that just, that, that does not surprise me. He said, you're the luckiest person in the world. <laughs> A really nice the, the camaraderie that you can have, and that you know you're still in touch with with former teammates today. And obviously, we've got the the ex players dinner coming up, which unfortunately you're unable to to attend this year. That's right. Yeah. Um, fortunately, we I managed to keep in touch with a, a few uh, clubs. Uh, so there is a, a Kidman, so there is a Leamington uh, Wickermark I've been in touch with for the longest, and I really enjoy coming to the dinners, and I really enjoy playing golf when I can. Uh, it's getting the opportunity, obviously, because, uh, you know, I understand from Don Taylor, for example, uh, and the Kurs in Vancouver, and, you know, uh, the groups uh, in Nashville. So people are doing their own things and doing various stuff, um, which is fantastic for them, because now I can look out for Nashville, because I didn't realise that got was one of the coaches there, which is Um So that's, that's good to know. Uh, yeah, so we always look out for how people are doing and listen to Martin O'Neill uh, occasionally on the radio uh, as well, the, um, the group that he uses. Yeah, so, yeah, all's well that things are really. But my struggle in, in realising or naming uh, a list in a team, I could list most of them, but I couldn't remember the left back because we, I think that was a vulnerable position for us. We had so many different left backs. Sure. Um, so Matty Crossley played everywhere because he was that good. Uh, and, you know, we had two or three players who could play in various positions as, as any good manager would have. Um, and, and Matty is the one that I can usually remember there, you see. Um, so apologies to anybody who's <laughs> <laughs> left back and I can't remember you, sorry. I'm sure they'll forgive you. Uh, and just finally, what would be your message to you know, any ex-players who's going along to the dinner later this month or who might be listening and you know, or, or fans indeed who have fond, fond memories of seeing you in action? Well, firstly, the fans. Uh, fans are the most important. Um, without them, nothing. Uh, just thank you. Uh, sincere gratitude for uh, having a great time over the two years, and any players who are making the evening uh, have a great night. Uh, the last time uh, I've, I've been, or the, the times that I've been, I've really enjoyed it, uh, whether it was our decade or not. Um, but when it is your your decade and, and your team, uh, which which I understand is going to be, uh, they really do uh, go over the top and, and make sure that you, you know, you're really well appreciated and welcomed on the night. And it's a, it's a fabulous, fabulous night. So enjoy. Well, it's been a real pleasure to catch up with you again. Really pleased that you're well and doing well and uh, fantastic to, to share your memories. Thank you, Colin. Really appreciate it. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Final part of this week's Wickham Wanderer show. Still to come, we'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield on, uh, well... The latest, really. Just the, 
that's that's what he'll be doing uh, chatting to us as well but first uh, we continue our uh, focus on Wickham Wanderers women made a fantastic 3-2 victory uh, on Sunday uh, coming on in goal for the injured uh, Chelsea who we've had on the show before as well was Emily Strange who made her first team uh, breakthrough season uh, last year uh, last season at just the age of 16 I came in at quite like a awkward time of the season I think um, obviously the first team goalkeeper just left and I only just come up from under 16 so yeah it was quite intimidating to start with but the girls were really supportive and yeah it was just really nice to get some time with the first team and yeah it was like quite a big thing for me obviously just coming from under 16 I played a bit with the reserves and then stepped up to the first team and then was there since now. So how did you find the step up? It took me a bit by surprise obviously playing on a Saturday and all of a sudden, going into women's football, I don't think I really estimated what it'd be like, to be honest. But, yeah, I definitely developed a lot because of it. It's so much more quicker than what I thought it was going to be. But, yeah, it's where I want to be. So, yeah. Well, did it sort of surprise you in a way as to how, how well it kind of went for you? Yeah, definitely. I think going into the first team at 16, was I was very nervous. I have to be honest, I was very, very nervous. It's especially as a goalkeeper, it's quite a big position for my I guess I wasn't very experienced and at sixteen like I do put a lot of pressure on myself. And then yeah, I just think the team really helped though with my nerves. It's a lot of responsibility, isn't it? Have you always been a goalkeeper or have you always wanted to be a goalkeeper? Um, I feel like every goalkeeper is the same. We always start out outfield, so when I first started my local team I used to be a striker which just yeah sounds a bit weird to me now but and then I got chucked in goal one time and I just loved it and then that's where I've been ever since really it's one of those positions where no one wants to play it they're like no someone else can go and goal but I just really enjoyed it and I don't know if it was just like jumping around diving in the mud but yeah it was just I just loved it and then yeah here I am now <laughs> I guess arguably it's one of the most sort of fun positions isn't it I guess it's kind of like you're the last person. It's obviously a lot of pressure, but no, I love it. I don't know what I don't know what it is about it that I just love, but I don't know. It's just so different. It's obviously so different to the other positions on the pitch that I don't know. It just really stuck to me. And are there any particular occasions that especially stand out from your your debut season in the first team? Are there any particular saves that you made, or you know, occasions that are especially special? Playing at Adams Park was definitely a big thing for me. It was my first actual in season for the first team that was my first game so I was very nervous because it was obviously a big occasion but we won and yeah that I was very happy with my performance because coming in for such a big game I was obviously very nervous but I managed to like kind of calm my nerves a bit and I'd say another game would be probably the Maidenhead game for the Sponsors Cup when we won 1-0 we were definitely the underdogs but we just played like we always play and yeah we got the result and I kept a clean sheet in that game and that was just a really good game for me personally. No you've done so well and what's it been like working with Carl and the other coaches? Oh really good it's it's such a big step up especially having my own goalkeeping coach we've got there's last season there was only me and then the goalkeeping coach because I was the only actual goalkeeper and then we had Dino and Ellie Trigg that came that were players out for players came into goal but this season there's now 
four of us goalkeepers. And then we've got two goalkeeping coaches. And yeah, no, they're really supportive. Like my personal development has really come on. And I think there's such a massive change in who I was last season, by last season to where I am now. And also having the other goalkeepers with me, I think it's really important because as a goalkeeper, you need to understand like how other people would think of it. Like getting other people's, say like Chelsea, if I did something that I wasn't sure about, I can go to like Chelsea and be like, how would you do this? So that I can see like a different perspective kind of thing. So it's really good. It was great chatting to her recently on the show as well. Obviously her great experience is something that, that you can learn a lot from and take stuff from too. Yeah, definitely. Um, she's got a lot of experience and she's always there to like give me a little bit of advice here and there. And I think it's really helpful. And also for like the other goalkeepers too, because there's Neve and Abby. We're all about the same age. Abby's a bit younger. And I feel like having the help from a more experienced player um, just helps with your development as well. And what was it like coming on on Sunday to replace Chelsea? Because unfortunately she, she got injured, but it's a great opportunity for yourself. And, and also, I guess it must be strange because you're not really knowing when you're needed. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was one of those games where you just like, you're like, oh, I'm coming on. So it was quite like, I think it's quite soon into the game. So luckily I had warmed up because I was aware that Chelsea wasn't quite fit. So, yeah, I mean, I got the call up and I was like getting ready and... Um, yeah, I think I played really well. The girls were really supportive in the game as well, like giving me um, praise and stuff just to make sure that I was confident. And yeah, I think I played really well in that game. So it was nice to come on and get some minutes, definitely. So yeah. And really nice for you that you had that grounding, if that's the right word, from last season because you know, the players will be familiar with you more and, and you'll be more familiar with, with what how it all works. Yeah, definitely. I think it almost just clicked again. Same with everyone again. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it because obviously I get on really well with everyone and I just know how they play. So it's kind of like I just knew what was needed, when kind of thing. Yeah, it was really good. And do you enjoy the training side of it as well? I love training. I, it's just like, it's kind of like an escape to like the real world, I guess. And yeah, no, just everyone, just such a good atmosphere at training. Absolutely. And do you really feel there's a great atmosphere throughout the, the whole squad at the moment? Because, you know, the season seems to be going really well, both in the league and the cup as well. Definitely. It's just been such a good vibe. especially Well, from the start of the season, there was obviously quite a few people, in new players introduced to the team and the club. And I guess we weren't sure how um, how long it would take us all to click, but it was literally instant. Everyone just got on. We obviously had that first game against Ascot, which didn't go our way but from that game we all grew as players and as a team and um, we started to get the results and the squad is just really like strong we're very like cohesive and I think that is a key factor to our results we're very how do I say it um, we've got very good sort of resilience would you say yeah yeah that's the word especially like on Sunday um, we were 1-0 down and then to come back and win the game 3-2 we were very resilient in that game and um, 
we've got the result in the end. Great chatting to Emily Strange and uh, looking forward to more Wickham Wanderers women on next week's show. Finally, uh, Matt Bloomfield, Wickham Wanderers manager, uh, catching up with uh, how uh, they're looking forward to returning to league action after last Saturday's uh, FA Cup win and of course the draw on Sunday at home to Morecambe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm pleased with the with the home draw. First and foremost, that is what we wanted. You know, we've got a lot of travelling coming up, so it was nice to have the home draw. So yeah, you know, Morecambe we know have given us some real tough games over the years. They're going really, really well in League Two. They've got some good players. Um, Derek Adams is doing a really, really good job. So we know it's going to be a tough, tough test, tough tie. But at the same time, we're really pleased to be at home and we're we're looking forward to the game. And much you could have taken out of Saturday's display into into the resumption of the, the league campaign as well. Yeah, you know, do you know what? I was really pleased with the resilience we showed late on. You know, any cup tie, I think we saw several games. You know, I watched a few on the telly myself in terms of on Sunday. I, I watched a little bit of uh, Chesterfield-Portsmouth and, and Crew derby uh, League One teams going away from home. It's it's, it's not easy um, in the first round to, to pick up a result. So we're really, really pleased in terms of the way we, the resilience we showed late on. We've played... And pretty well first half in terms of the way we got down the sides and and, and carried our forward threat, um, and we showed the resilience second half to see the game out. You know, coming off the fifth game in two weeks as well, there was a few of the boys that were out on their feet by the end, and a, a few that had not maybe played so much recently. Who um, it was a great you know exercise for them to get themselves up and running as well. So yeah, really good, really pleased all round, and uh, but also at the same time, lights for us to work on. I mean, does it feel like, in a way, that the cup games like that are, are a bit of interruption in, into the into the league progress? Because obviously, you had two two draws previously to that, and I guess you, you'd have felt something was building. But or I guess just because the way you prepare for games, does it feel like you know it's, it's all kind of part of it, really? Yeah, I think that um, in terms of the preparation, it was exactly the same as what we do do for a, a league game. But um, essentially, any FA Cup tie is uh, feels slightly different. There's a, a definite um, special feeling in the air. There's there's definitely something that's different about the day because. Um, we're going to a ground that, you know, in League One, we, we hadn't planned to do this year. So there's the last minute organisation and, and the excitement that comes with um, the FA Cup day and looking at the results up and down the country. So it feels different and we prepare for it exactly the same. But also at the same time, coming off the back of the busy spell we had, we we knew that we'd have to rotate slightly and um, um, make sure it gives an opportunity for, for other players to impress. Um, so, yeah, I, I, was, I was really pleased with the, in, with the way we uh, approached the game. We gave Bradford the utmost respect because we know that they've got a real good squad of players there and some really experienced boys as well who have played a lot of games. So we knew it was going to be a tough afternoon and, and so it proved, but ultimately really, really pleased to come out with a, with a result and to get through to the second round. It must be great for yourself and the players to be preparing for a, a home game on a Saturday. You have to go back through the, the fixture list some distance to find so when the last time there was a home game on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it does feel a bit different, but we're looking forward to it. We know that, again, playing against a team in form, you know, what an incredible job Steve has done at at Stevenage, got a good group of players that they've had for two or three seasons and they've added some some real quality in the summer. Um, you know, Nick Freeman's gone there to add to the quality that they already had and we know that they carry a real big threat in forward areas. So we're going to have to be on our game. We're going to have to make sure we we stand up to the test and we make sure we present ourselves in the right way, both in possession and out possession. But yeah, um, it's nice to look forward to a home game on a Saturday uh, and we do so with a spring in our step. And coming up against the team, of course, who are in, as you say, similar sort of form as well to only a couple of points above, of course, and similar kind of aspirations, I guess, and a similar you know, start to the season as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, with the momentum that Stevenage had coming off the back of a promotion season, that I think that they've, they've carried that momentum really well. Like I say, they've got, the, they've got the continuity of the squad that they've had for a few seasons. Plus, they've added some um, real quality over the summer, real good recruitment they did over the summer. So, 
Um, we know that they've got a squad of good players, um, organised really well in terms of the way they set up um, and the way that they're all on the same page with um, performance level. So, um, yeah, a similar start to ourselves. They're, they're ahead of us in the table and um, someone who we want to catch. And the game's been dedicated to the, the foundation this week, an EFL week of action as well. Again, a great sense of pride for, for the whole club really to, to show how important it is in, in the community. Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge, isn't it? The way we conduct ourselves as a football club, the what we stand for and who we are as people and, and, and how we are as people, we know that's um, yeah, really, really important to us. It's imperative that we conduct ourselves in the manner that we, we are proud of. Um, and this is all part of it. You know, we're, we're a big part of the local community and the local community is a big part of our football club. So the two go hand in hand and we have to be really pleased that we're taking part in this day. And fans would have seen yeah, the captain and the chairman speaking about the, the issues in the Middle East and how that affects you know, obviously Joe being uh, Jewish as well, but I think it's really nice, isn't it, that that's a great advert as well for, for what the club does in terms of how it, how it looks after its players and, and fans and, and anyone who's associated with the club as well. Yeah, the players are people first and foremost, and it's really important, we believe, as a as a, as a football club, as a company, as, an, as, a, as a football family that we look after our own. We have to protect our own. No matter what happens on the pitch or off the pitch, first and foremost, we have to protect our own like you would with, with, your, with any family. So... It's really powerful. Um, you know, Rob's really passionate about looking after his players and looking after our players and, and making sure we conduct ourselves properly as as a football club and stand for the things that we that we stand for. So, um, I think it's been really powerful that you know the, the club captain and, and the owner sat together and, and conducted the interview and presented themselves the way they did. So, I'm I'm really proud to be a part of what we do here. I'm really proud that of what we do stand for and who we are as people. And that's the most important thing for us. And we believe that if we do that properly, then it's the first step on on to having a successful football team but the core foundations is is who we are and who we are as people and how we you know how we conduct ourselves and what we stand for so that will not change um it's been like that for a while now and and whilst i'm here um, we will have a, a real firm belief in that and focus on it and just finally what's your your overall feelings on, on the way the team is is, is currently and, and where they are sort of in the table or the, or the progress that you're making i think it's been pleasing and it's kind of also been a a flame for for more hunger in terms of where we want to get to. We're, we're nowhere near where we believe we can get to, but we've also got to be pleasantly content with the amount of progress and the amount of change there's been over the summer. We've spoken about it several times, the amount of new signings, you know, the new management staff coming in at the end of last season, all the new signings over the summer, you know, the other bits and pieces we've had to deal with in terms of injury and illness. There's been a lot thrown at this group um, and I've been really proud of their character and the way that they've conducted themselves and the way that they've um, been so keen for information so keen for knowledge and so keen to do well for each other in this football club so yeah I think it's making sure we get that balance right um, we have to be pleased with with how we've conducted ourselves so far and the performances we've given but for me it's just more desire to go and improve because we have a massive belief in in who these who these boys can be and what they can be um, and it's up to us to keep putting the performances out there um, starting on Saturday we have to make sure that we have that hunger and desire to do so don't forget, if you're not going to the game at Adams Park, you can hear it live on Wanderers TV and here on Wickham Sound on 106.6. Uh, Luke joins us for a stoppage time notice board. Nice of you to turn up this week, uh, Colin. Yeah, <laughs> excited to announce uh, the Prostate Cancer UK have uh, announced this evening that uh, during Jeff Stelling's March for Men, they raised a whopping £394,396. Well done to everyone that took part and helped raise money uh, for Prostate Cancer UK. A fantastic achievement. And like you say, it sounds like the end of children in need, doesn't it? <laughs> it does a bit, doesn't it? Um, yeah, well done, everyone.